The Coach's Roundtable is brought to you by Between the Lines. Between the Lines offers online training with current minor league affiliates from the comfort of your own home through online technology. With their coaching, watch your skills and money increase due to no longer needing to drive to get training. For more information, go to betweenthelines.pro. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Coach's Roundtable podcast today i've got two guys who are going to break down all things hitting for us two hitting gurus uh if i say so myself who's taking some time on a busy monday morning um to come talk hitting with you guys and share some information and give some perspective and so get out your notepads take some notes and learn from two of the best so let's get to know our coaches and we'll start with you first coach s tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, so my name is Ryan Sutter. Um, I'm out here in Minnesota. So I grew up here in Minnesota. I played uh, college baseball at the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. Um, played in the Northwoods League for a year. Um, my junior year and then uh, after my senior year, I was thinking about going into some indie ball opportunities and uh, I ended up getting an opportunity to go right into coaching with the, the club that I'm with now, the Minnesota Icemen. Um, and that's been awesome. It led me, led me to where I am today with, you know, hitting and, and everything I do, uh, in the game of baseball, um, met some great people like Trey and, um, you know, I've had those relationships for, you know, three or four years now. So, um, today I, um, I'm part owner for the, the Minnesota Iceman and, uh, we, we own and operate a facility out here in Minnesota and, um, that's pretty much, pretty much my story. Pretty simple. So. Awesome. Glad to have you on. And what about you, Coach Hanum? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for having me, first of all. But so I always grew up, I was I was I always just wanted to hold the baseball and hold the bat and just practice all day, all 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 summer. Um all I wanted to do was hit, hit, hit. So I I grew up decent ball player, um, in the area, all state, all player of the year, whatever. Then I went to I went to junior college, local junior college, did pretty well, went to the local division two um, powerhouse team, did well, but I, I, I feel like I pressed a little bit. Okay. So um, I wanted to get better. I wanted to take that next level. So I reached out to a bunch of coaches, a um, couple in the in the Midwest, a couple in California, and I, I found this information that I just couldn't put down. I couldn't even sleep at night. And my roommates hated me because they're like, hey Trey, I want to get better too, but I also kind of want to sleep, right? So we were literally out in the backyard of our house, senior year of college, swinging the baseball bat, swinging our wiffle ball bat, trying to get better. Um, my actually roommate, he ended up hitting 26 home runs that, that year and actually did better than me. And I was so happy for him. But I ended up pressing almost too much, I think, um, trying to get all the information that I could, making sure I didn't leave any stone unturned. Um, and that's where I'm at now. I, I, all I want to do is try to learn from other coaches, learn from their experience. Obviously, I'm only 25, so I don't have that experience, but I, I, I feel like I have the experience in the film room where I study so much, it, it definitely makes up for my age, right? So I, I try not to leave any stone unturned. I'm learning all the technology. I'm learning all the video. I'm learning all the communication styles, learning all the lingo, trying to get in the cage as much as possible to make myself better. Um, and that's where I'm at today. I, I try not to I, – I, people who know me, coaches who know me, players and parents who know me, I literally never stop thinking, talking – uh, imagining things about hitting. Uh, so I think that's how I've, I've grew my game so fast, so quickly now. 
Awesome. Glad to have both you coaches on. So let's start with some of the topics of discussion um, and so you guys can give some insight. Um, we'll start with this first question with you first, Coach Hannum. Uh, take us to a session where you're first working with someone for the first time. What are some of the first things you're keen in on, looking at, and then how do you help that hitter make those adjustments that they need to? Definitely. So right now with my training, my schedule is pretty tight, um, but I'm, I'm trying to get one or two really good athletes and probably on a weekend when I have more expanded time. Um, so I had actually one this weekend and I, actually, I posted a video last night and it did pretty well. Um, I got a lot of good feedback from it. Hopefully a lot of people learn, learn from it just like I did. So we, uh, we met up, I think it was an hour and a half training session, uh, softball player, really, really athletic. I think she's 16, 17 from Iowa. Um, so I talked to her and her dad and I said, all right, what do you guys teach? What do you guys look at? What do you guys think about? What do you guys go through? Uh, how do you guys practice? What do you guys look at? What do you guys, what do you guys try to learn from um, all your guys' training sessions? And so we talked probably 15, 20 minutes talking. Um, and I said, okay, very first time I'm seeing you. I haven't even seen video yet. Uh, I'm going to put you through some tests. I want you to show me the drills you do. I want you to talk me through why you do that drill, uh, why, you, why you do the certain things you do. What do you think about when you're doing it? How are you trying to um, execute it? And we go from there. Then I see what she does or what he does, um, where their misses are, how they do well, um, and when they're doing well in the game, what happens when they're doing bad in the game, what happens, where do they hit their foul balls, uh, what type of pitchers do they like to focus? What type of hitter? What type? What type of pitchers do they do they not like to? Um, do they not like to face? And that tells me a lot about their swing, a lot about their mentality. Okay, so that's maybe uh, 30, 30, 45 minutes right there. Um, so I'm, after that, I put them through some drill work tests. I I pitch them in different locations, different speeds. I like to see what happens. Might put them on on um, on KVS. Might put them on blast motion. Definitely on video. Right. My my iPad never leaves my sight. All I do is watch videos, slow motion, fast motion, different angles. Um, so I'm putting through through a lot of tests. Um, then after that, I kind of look at everything um, and I see what I see or I think about what I see and imagine what I can see in the future for her progress. And I talk to the parent, talk to the player, and they're like, yep, sounds good. I, I, it's a totally rational idea, um, very logical, and we're going to go from there. Um, typically, I get all hands on deck. I can just go fully all in. Like this weekend, the dad was like, yep, you can do whatever you want. Um, his cousin coaches baseball at Ole Miss. His other cousin is a hitting coach at Iowa. And he said, dude, your, your stuff's unreal. Don't come to me and, and uh, confirm what you're thinking. Just go all in. I fully trust you. So um, that's the type of relationship that I want, a type of relationship where they don't just want to come see me and have me, tell, have me tell them how good they are. They fully, with transparency, they want to get better. And that's uh, I'm in the exact same way. Um, make sure that they're fully all in and, fully all in and buying in on, on getting better that day instead of, uh, yeah, Trey said I'm really good, so I, I must be really good. Everyone has things to work on. The best professional players in the world have things that they have to work on. I have things we have to work on, so hopefully we can get better today and create a really good relationship that doesn't end for a while. Great stuff. And what about you, Coach Sue? Take us to a session where you're working with someone for the first time. You know, what are some of the things in particular that you try to look at first, and then how do you help that hitter make those adjustments? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Trey and I are very similar in what we do. I mean, we've talked, I don't know if we've missed more than a day or two of, of talking hitting in the last three or four years, but um, so so we don't differ too much in that. Obviously, everybody has their own style, but very similar. You know, I, I kind of start by asking questions and 
you know, seeing, Hey, what are your, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you, what do you believe in? Um, and then kind of get, get into some reps and, and kind of, you know, take video, see where, see where they're at. Um, you know, everybody's different. Some people believe in, you know, blast motion. Like, Oh, I swear by blast motion. So, you know, I'll try to go through some blast motion stuff, even though it's not necessarily something that I use all the time. Um, kind of try to get on the same level as them and kind of see what it is that, that helps them currently. And then from there, you know, kind of try to challenge that and see, okay, let's, let's get on the machine. Okay. Let's mix some speeds. Let's, you know, throw some different, different type of flips at you and just kind of see where they struggle. Um, and then, you know, I think video for me is, is the biggest thing. I, I don't like the, the players and athletes I work with to like be obsessed with video and, and look at it all the time. But to me as a coach, I think that's the, the most important tool I have is to be able to either see it in person or see it, see it on video. And I think that, that's something that separates me a little bit. You know, I'm young too. I'm 26, but I think that I can, I can see video and, and see live like moves really well. And and if I can't see it, you know, the first thing I'll do is go to somebody like Trey and say, Hey, what, what am I missing here? What do you see? So that's kind of my philosophy. And then from there, you know, it's just, just getting into some simple drills. I think, I think there's a, some really good drills that, you know, we've come up with or, you know, come across and, and kind of implemented into what we do or, um, created whatever to kind of teach the swing i think that um you know drills can teach a lot of things in the swing where you know guys don't have to sit there and or girls don't have to sit there and think about it i mean i think that's one thing that is is big is trying to stay external with with your cues and, and not always have them internalize everything because then they're just thinking non-stop so um that's the biggest thing for me i think it's just kind of figuring out what they're doing currently and um saying, okay, what, what, what is this, what's your swing look like? Where are your flaws at? And then how can we attack those flaws and point those out? So, um, another big thing for me is relationships. Like I, you know, similar to Trey, I didn't have coaches that taught me, Hey, this is how you swing. I mean, I was always a good hitter. I was the biggest guy in the field. So everybody just kind of left me alone. And I got to college and I remember my freshman year was the first time I ever got myself on video of college. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? That, that doesn't look anything like, what these guys in, in the big leagues are doing. Like, and I, I was after the first day, I was like, I want to quit. This is, this is awful. So, um, that's always driven me, um, to, to just study, study, study and, and, you know, be there for players that want to get better and, and have them push me and me push them. So, um, you know, that's kind of, kind of how I do things, you know, very similar to what Trey said. So, Awesome. So let's get into the next discussion, the next topic, and let's talk feel versus real. And let's start with you first, Coach Sue. You know, feel versus real. What are your thoughts on that debate and that discussion? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. Um, I mean it's something that's talked about a lot. I think that I think that differs for every guy. I mean I think you know some guys actually need to feel what they feel like and think about that, uh, and other guys need to like do a feel and, and let that become real. So I think there's, there's tons of different feels that, that become real. I think, um, you know, we could get in, into some specifics, I guess, but, um, I think, I think that's a a big topic in the game right now. And I think that, um, feel is something that myself and I know Trey are, are very big on for a lot of people, because I think there's some very small, subtle things that, 
you know, people need to feel, um, whether it's not shifting your weight forward and, and kind of staying, staying back or staying around your back leg a little more, or, um, maybe feeling like they need to really turn behind the ball and, and not, you know, get their chest forward. Like, so there's a lot of different feels guys need to have, but I think, you know, it, it just depends on the hitter that you're working with. I mean, whether you're working with a, a professional athlete or a 12 year old, I mean, maybe they need to feel the same thing or maybe it needs to be completely different. I think, you know, just as much as feel versus real is mechanically, I think it is, you know, feel for coaches on what you need to do is, is just as important. So. And what about you coach Hannah? What's your thoughts on the feel versus real debate going on? Um, so I, I, I've posted about this quite a bit. Um, I don't think there's much to debate because there's so many different ideas. Every, every, literally every person is different. So their one feel on a Tuesday is good. Is might be different on Tuesday night at dinner or after dinner might be different on a Wednesday morning when they get ready to go hit BP. The feel versus real is um, very independent to in and individualized to what the hitter needs or what they need to feel. Um, it, it, it's a tricky situation because um, a lot of hitters or a lot of coaches or a lot of parents, I have to fully understand. I have to fully um explain to them that this might not be literal, but in order for her or him to feel this extreme movement, you have to do an extreme overcompensation movement of probably the opposite, or else they're just going to go back to the normal position that they're in. Because every hitter knows, every pitcher knows, if you make a one inch, half inch, quarter inch adjustment with their hands or their launch position or their stride, it feels like you're they're moving to the moon and it feels like they're making a whole um a whole foot adjustment right so if they don't feel that extreme adjustment they're just going to go back to what they normally do where they're comfortable blah 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 blah, and they want to make the adjustment so they really have to feel the extreme the extreme uh for my end definitely needs to be comprehended and having having a uh a, a short little session of education on why it's important and it's not literal so don't be going walking around telling people that this is literal like the the chop hand, the, like the top hand chop down, or really just trying to scoop up to, towards the sky. I've had a lot of players who they're so steep with their shoulders just because it's natural or what they've been taught, whatever, that I've had to have them feel either scoop up towards the sky and hit one like hit one straight up to the infield, and that's the only way it can hit line drives because if not, they're going to come in really steep and just chop balls. So after about a week or two of them just trying to scoop up towards center field or over the batter's eye, then they start to level back out, which is what we want. Everyone wants to look or, or nearly everyone wants to see the exact same stuff in the swing, but figuring out how we can get the real verse feel um, to be incorporated um, is, is, is totally different, right? Some, a lot of coaches, a lot of parents are scared of going over the typical traditional threshold of, man, that's really extreme. It really looks like he's dropping under or even the opposite. Maybe, Hey, maybe it look it really looks like he's chopping down. Right. So a lot of people who pay attention to all the info now, they're really scared of chopping down or the feel of down. They're like, what, what do you mean? Like, what is this 1980? But a lot of players, I say it a lot too, probably 20% of my day is, Hey, we really need to think down because the ball is literally underneath our hands in our bat. So it's literally below us. You have to go down first instead of working up, up, or under to up. You got to go down to up. Think about that from the swing, um, no matter what their real verse feel is. So it's really tough because every hitter, I almost tweeted about this this morning. Uh, if you tell 25 hitters, stay back, 
they're going to be coming up with 25 different reasons or 25 different ways of how stay back means to them. So educating them on what I mean or what a coach means uh, for them to feel stay back in, in 25 different ways. Or one weekend, they might have to feel stay back in a different way compared to the next weekend. A championship weekend uh, versus a weekend where they're facing really slow pitching. Staying back is definitely going to feel different to every player. So building a conversation and building a, uh, a, uh, a bridge to have them fully comprehend of what they need to feel compared to what they actually are doing is a way different. Um, and a lot of hitters, I feel like, need to feel that. And I actually had a conversation last weekend where uh, a parent was really scared. His player just couldn't make the adjustment. He's 18. He's in college, freshman college. He really just couldn't make the adjustment. And I said, why is this going on? Like, what's going on on the, on the home front? And he said, we're really just scared of going through the extreme because we don't want people to laugh at us when we're going to hit. I said, people aren't going to laugh. If, if you're making that really good feel, maybe like pre-pitch, then you go rake, right? You're searching for what's going to make you better. Don't just be comfortable. Don't be uncomfortable just staying in the comfort zone, right? A lot of players are scared to go out of the comfort zone because they might get laughed at. Um, a lot of players are scared in college to go get tutors right? You have to do things outside your comfort zone to get better. And I think that's the real versus field conversation. Man, great stuff, guys. Great, great, great stuff. So let's start again with you first, Coach Sue. And let's talk about, you know, quarantine. You know, there's so much time available, um, unfortunately, but we did. And so, so many coaches went out and learned things. They got on Zoom calls. They listened to podcasts. What's something that you learned over quarantine that you're going to start using now uh, moving forward? Yeah, once you when you gave us the preface of that question, I texted Trey. I was like, "Man, what did we learn during quarantine?" Um, so I don't know, man. Like for me, I mean, we've been when Trey talked about how like obsessive he is, like that's that's the truth. I mean, like we're if you ask either of our, you know, his fiance or my wife, like you know, hey, how obsessed are these guys? Like we're constantly talking and looking and watching. So I don't know that there's one thing. <clears throat> that I learned during quarantine, um, just because we've been, it, it didn't feel like quarantine because it was just in, in terms of baseball because it was just an everyday like thing for us to, to talk hitting and and learn and, and pick other coaches' minds and whatever. So, I think the biggest thing that I've learned just over the last couple months, even, is just okay. How can I make this as simple as possible? How can I, you know, how can I explain this fifty-five different ways? You know, that's I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and, and I think I've seen really good results with that. I mean, I think everybody's got their journey and, and how they learn stuff. And, and, you know, I'm like Trey said, I'm constantly trying to learn and, and get better, um, but also process through the, the good and the bad stuff and, and kind of take what needs to be taken and leave what needs to be left. So, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing for me is just, okay, how can I make this very simple and how can I communicate this 50, you know, 55 different ways to, to a hundred different athletes. So, um, you know, that's something that I've, I feel like over the last six, seven months, um, that I've gotten a lot better at. I think it's helped me work with, you know, higher caliber athletes, uh, as well as, you know, for me, it's a little different. I work with, you know, like Trey too, we're not college or just pro guys. Like we work with kids too. So I think it's helped me be able to, to talk to a 10 year old in a big league or similar or different when I need to. So I think simplifying has led to better feel and better results in the cage and, uh, better communication. So can you give an example of making things more simple? Like maybe something in particular that you could say, like, I've made this simpler by doing this. Definitely. Yeah. I think 
I think, like I mentioned earlier, the idea of being able to be more external with people. I mean, there's definitely times where you need to get internal and uh, almost like interview style, like, what are you feeling and why? Or like, what does this drill make you feel like? Or, you know, what what did that swing feel like? Explain that to me versus like, um, okay, let's try to hit the ball to right center field or pull the ball as far as you can here, like as deep as you can or, uh, you know, stuff like that. So I think just the idea of being able to give guys an external task, um, after kind of talking internally about it. So it's not just an internal thing or like focused on just like a certain mechanic or a certain feel like it's like, Hey, go, go execute this task. Like, I think that's one thing that, you know, I've found better balance in to be able to get guys to do what I want them to do without like having to explain to them, Hey, this is why you should do this or, you know, that type of thing. And what about you, Coach Hayna? What's something that you've learned over the last few months that you've started implementing in your hitting instructions? Um, I would I would say, so some of my downtime, uh, I talked to Ryan about this also. Like this summer was literally the first time I've ever had a like semi-off summer just because I was always playing, I was always coaching, blah, blah, blah. So I actually took up golf and I was doing a ton of studying on, on the golf swing. Um, I don't... I don't 100% fully compare that to the baseball swing. So because baseball, there's you have to be able to react on time or off time. You have to be able to hit spins, blah, blah, blah. But like the movements in general, especially for um, like a long drive, uh, long driver contest swing, uh, it's very comparable. Um, and I like to look at the movement, especially with the hips, especially with the upper half. I like to look at all that. Then most importantly, listen to Tiger Woods, seeing how those guys practice, seeing how those guys um, understand their swing so well, right? Obviously, it's a little bit different than than baseball because some some hitters they really need to think. It's a one on one battle. I got to take your head off um, because it is so fast paced and it's so reactionary. They better be locked in. On golf, it's kind of the opposite. Maybe you can sip a couple of drinks, kind of hang out with the boys a little bit, hang out. It's very it's very uh, it's very a, a low key type game, so they can really relax and have a feel for their body. But hitting is very explosive, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's, it's very reactionary. So it's definitely, it's, it's, I, I feel like it's a complete 180 of the games in general, um, fast pace for slow pace. But the, like the movements in general, I love looking at how they practice. I actually posted a video, actually a picture yesterday of how I'm starting to implement some of their golf training tools because of how well they use their, their constraints. Um, it, it, I, I feel like it really, it really helps uh, add the add the educational piece, add the communication, add the constraint piece to the hitter so they can fully understand what's going on. Instead of just having something, um, instead of having nothing really to think about in the box when we're training. So I've been looking at that, how golfers train. I've been doing a ton of um, um, interviews on, um, on TED Talks on YouTube, um, but also doing the Head of the Curve podcast. They have some of the best big league coaches up on there um and i feel like it's a huge piece of of how younger coaches or other coaches in general other big league coaches other minor league coaches can learn from because they literally work with some of the best uh athletes in the world and i feel like the biggest thing that i take away from them is every hitter thinks and moves differently they might be trying to accomplish the same goals and leading the league in doubles and home runs and trying to make the same movements like jd and mookie trying to have the same movements but those dudes move almost completely 180 different, right? Mookie's not very tall, and so his swing's going to be a little bit flatter. JD is really high, 
in the zone. I mean, in the batter's box. So his, his swing is definitely going to be more vertical. He's got much more time to go down. But they're all trying to work on the same stuff um, and complete the same movements in the box to be all-stars, to be silver sluggers, to be all that. Um, so I, I love learning from them and about the conversations that they have with that they have with players about every hitter is different, but we're all trying to almost we're almost all trying to accomplish the same goals and the same movements. And they just talk about how how they communicate with each other and how they have a uh, have a very good streamlined communication line where everyone has everyone's building up trust. So uh, the communication is so much easier. There's no hidden agendas. And I'm, I'm, I'm very huge on the communication aspect with, with the players and the coaches and the parents, how there's, how there's 100% trust. So you never have to worry about people, um, people not being fully bought in on what's going on. Awesome. So let's move into the next question I got for you guys. You guys have been able and blessed and fortunate to work with some of the best hitters, you know, and so, even when you guys are watching film, what is it that sticks out to you guys about what separates the best hitters in the world from just guys who are just good hitters? And we'll start with you first, Coach Hannum. Um, actually, this weekend I had a really interesting phone call with a hitting coordinator. Um, their 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 farm system just got just got ranked top five farm system in the in the in the whole major league system. So I was like, dude, what's going on? This stuff's awesome. And can you uh, can you hit me up? And he, we made a couple phone tags back and forth, but we ended up getting together and he said, Hey, I want you to watch this hitter. And I, I don't like to say names, but uh, I want you to watch this hitter. And I said, dude, I, I, I think he's, he's 24. I think he's 23, 24 came out of high school drafted. And I, I think he's a top five hitter, like straight up hitter. Uh, not ha- hasn't produced um, the top five type stats, but hitter in general, I think he's a top five hitter and I love watching his, his bats. So what I like to look for, um, is what is he trying to feel on deck? What is he feeling in between pitches? What does his foul balls look like? What is he doing in between pitches when he maybe has a bad take, when he has a good take, when he maybe wasn't locked in fully and he took a pitch to where, to where he felt like he should have hit that for a double or he just fouled off or he wasn't on time with it, what, whatever. I love looking at what hitters do in between, in between pitches um, to make the necessary adjustments or are they not making the adjustments? Are they just swinging and going back to what they normally do? They don't make an adjustment until after a bad weekend. Versus this hitter, he said this hitter literally makes an adjustment after every pitch, after every swing, um, because that's how that's how advanced he is. When all of his other teammates don't make an adjustment until after the bat's actually over, because he can't slow things down, this hitter can fully slow things down. So his mind is going at a normal pace compared to most hitters. Once they get on deck, once they get in the box, Everything speeds up, so they can't fully think straight. So the center, uh, he he practices um, he practices slowing things down as much as he can, keeping his heart rate low. That'll keep him in at the at the normal at the normal pace that he's normally at, 24/7 when he's not in the box. So he's he's uh, he doesn't get out of his comfort zone. He doesn't get out of what he's normally trying to do. Blah blah blah. blah. That's how that's how he is so good. So I talked to him. Um, Sorry, I got off track a little bit. I talked to him. Oh, when I'm actually in cages working with hitters, I like to look at where the weight is at the launch position, where the weight is during the swing, where the weight is after the swing, uh, where the direction is. I look to I like to look at the catcher umpire um, towards the pitcher, um, towards the pitcher view, so the backside view, where the bat path is in relation to where the ball is um, before contact and slightly after contact to see if they're swinging through pitches or across pitches. 
I like to I like to look at where their pitches where their hands are going inside out through the swing or out and around. I posted a video on that going last night. Um, I like to look at where the stretch is if it's being maintained or if it's being um, released early. So now the rubber band effect in their swing is is not being fully capable of of doing what they want to do or doing what they need to do, and they they just need to learn how to feel um, things a little bit differently. The real versus feel coming out in the video. Um, I looked at I like to look at the catcher view. I like to look at the chest view. I like to look at the backside view. Uh, most importantly, having the context of where the pitch was, were they on time, uh, were they off time, what were they thinking, what were they working on, what's this drill doing to them, uh, where was the batted ball, was it topspin, was it backspin, was it a flare, blah, 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 all that stuff. All the context I build into one simple slow motion or, or full video, um, and we go from there to see what adjustment we need to make. So video for me is the most important thing. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a picture of J.D. Martinez in an article about J.D. Martinez where he talks about every single day, his feel is going to be a little bit different, but he knows and understands video so well. He's learned so much on video. He goes back to the video because he might be feeling something a little bit different, but the video doesn't feel something different every day. The video has zero um, bias, what he's moving, how he's moving, and what the batter ball is doing off his bat, and how he's moving in the batter's box. There's zero bias. There's zero day-to-day, I'm tired. Hey, I'm really energetic today. Things aren't different every single day with video. Either it is or it isn't. Um, it, it is right or it isn't right in his eyes. So he goes back to the video because um, it's, 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 his, it's his biggest foundation of, all right, this is what I'm doing. Maybe I'm feeling something a little bit different. So now I need a field versus real something different. Um, that's, that's the way that I, that I attack hitters also. Video is almost number one for me when I'm, when I'm evaluating um, athletes. Great stuff, Coach. And so what about you, Coach Sue? What, are, what is it for you that separates the good from the great hitters that you watch? There's a, there's a lot that goes into that and, and trades right on with, with everything he said. And um, I, um, um, how, 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 so from a mechanical standpoint, I think that, you know, similar ideas to what Trey said, like, what do their takes look like? What do their misses look like? Um, what do their barrels look like? And, and what pitches are they barreling? And, you know, how do they adjust to different pitches is the biggest thing. And I think, you know, things that things that I see a lot in, in the great hitters and, um, you know, that's actually where we started everything like why, why are the i remember the time i started looking at like a weird thing in the back like why are they not doing that and it was a still so i did there uh, you know four years ago i was looking at these still pictures i'm like why are they doing that with their leg and it really didn't mean much at the time but it ended i ended up completely understanding it obviously i use video not still pictures but it came for full, full circle with that at some point um so i think you know Biggest thing that I see in like the great hitters is um, they don't shift their weight to swing. I mean, they're they're maintaining that stretch into the launch of their swing. It's it's really instant. Like when they want to go, they can go. Obviously, everybody's gonna be fooled, but how how can we limit how many you know times that we're gonna be fooled in an at bat or in a game? I think that's that is the number one thing that separates them. And then you know when you when you are in control of your body and your stretch and um, you know things that these great hitters are doing, I think that's allows guys to to have really really good path um to come inside the ball to work behind the ball to, to stay through the ball i think when your body's out of control and you're shifting and and it's kind of a mess um it's just athletic for some guys that are good hitters and 
you know, not as repeatable as, you know, a guy like, I don't know, Pujols or Cabrera, like a guy that's maybe not as athletic as a guy um, that's just kind of out there swinging and, and just surviving. Um, I think that's where you see the difference. I think you see them controlling their body, being instant, and being able to get their swing off when they want to get off. Um, and so, you know, that, that leads to to way way more time to see the ball, so you got better timing, more adjustability. Um, and then, obviously, like I mentioned, direction path is is going to be good. I think there's guys that need to work on maybe just direction and path, and then I think there's guys that need to start by working on, okay, how do I get in control of my body? How do I make my body ready to fire when I want to get my swings off? Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for me. And you know, when I when I get in the cage, 100%, like Trey said, I mean, video doesn't lie. Um, you can think you feel good and you're missing some pitches and the second you see it on video you know it's it's not gonna lie to you I mean there's I think there's some technology out there that is pretty good um but I think that can quote unquote lie to you at times where video will never lie to you so I, I think that's the biggest tool and I think you do see uh, especially lately um a lot of content on on a lot of these great hitters using video um you know and a lot of the, the great hitters I talk to they they're not Hey, what do my KVS numbers say? Like that—that that might be important to a lot of guys, or to the coaches working with guys, so they know that information. But a lot of the hitters I talk to want to see what you know. Hey, what does what does this look like to you? What what does my swing look like? Am I what am I missing here? So, you know, I think I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, but yeah. So the next question I got for you guys is, you know, how you've changed your hitting philosophy, how you teach it over the years. Because at some point you started, you possibly taught it uh, hitting and batting and whatever a certain way. And then over the years you've learned and you've learned and you've learned. And now you teach it, you know, this way. So I'll start with you first, Coach Sue. What are some of the biggest changes you've made about how you've taught hitting over the years that you've taught? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I remember the, the first week out of college or whatever, I started uh, with the Iceman, and, you know, like, I was like, oh, this is awesome, this is great, and then, you know, a month later, I was in the in the cages with guys running a hitting program, and I was like, you know, I asked my partner now, but the, the current owner at the time, I was like, what do you want me to do? He's like, I don't know, whatever you want, and I, like, I couldn't even tell you what I was doing with guys, I mean, I think I was doing, like, I, like, I don't know. I literally couldn't even tell you. I mean, I was helping guys and, and whatever with just like basic level knowledge of, you know, hit this pitch that way and, and stay inside the ball. Like just stuff that, you know, everybody, everybody knows. Um, and to think what I was doing like four years ago and like what I'm, what I've come across the last few years and what I'm doing today, it's, it doesn't even make sense. So to me, that like gets me really excited for like, okay, what, what's the next four years going to be like, how much, how much better can I get in the next four years? And I think that's that common hunger that Trey and I, and, you know, some of our, our buddies share is like, we're just excited to get better all the time. So I think getting back to the question, like things I do differently, like I learned how, how to, you know, whether I created them or I learned them from people, like what drills I can use to, to help guys not shift their weight or, to stay inside the ball or to be repeatable. Like, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. I think, I think hitting is very simple. I mean, it's a very complex thing and I think it's one of the hardest things to do in sports, obviously, but I think teaching things that, you know, are, are almost universal. Everything looks different. Everybody does it slightly different, but 
you know, the idea of, of staying behind and inside the ball and working down to up and staying through balls and not shifting weight to your front side, um, you know, to swing. And I mean, stuff like that is, is stuff that I've, I've learned and implemented. And I think kind of now year by year, the process has gotten more simple for me. I mean, it used to be, used to feel like it was like do X, Y, Z and, and then, and then we'll do this. And that's how it is. And now it's more like, okay, this guy might need X, this guy might need Z, you know, this guy might need to start at Y and, and it's different for every guy. So I think just knowing who needs what based on what they're missing in their swing and, and how to attack that is, is stuff that I do differently now. Um, but I mean, it's, it's incredible. Like I said, I mean, what I've kind of come to now versus what I was doing when I was 20, 21, 22 coming out of college. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. So that's that's where I'm at today. That's kind of kind of how I approach hitting, and um, you know I'm blessed to have really good relationships with people that I can learn from every day and um, bounce stuff back and forth on. So. And what about you, Coach Hannah? When you first started coaching and teaching, you know how have you transpired and how you've coached and taught over the years? Man, that's a tough question, but I love it. Uh, I would say that probably the biggest thing is just like Ryan said. Um, Let's say there's a solution for a hitter. Um, let's say X, Y, Z, A, B, and C. I would say probably when I started, probably three, two or three years ago, I would I would probably only think about um, having building up a solution for him, only being A, B, and C. Instead, there's many other solutions, or way more, way other um, different avenues that we could go through just to create the really good swing, the really good. Um, the really good swing that he needs or she needs in order to in, in order to compete at their level. Um, I would say I've definitely um, broadened my horizons to where the different communication lines, the different uh, ideas and movements that we can create. Um, let's say to put to put it almost into a folder. Let's say I I focus on three different types of swings in order to create the same swing. So one hitter who's really out front, I might need to have them feel really far back and almost feel like they're over the catcher. But the next hitter, maybe his teammate who brought him with me, that the brought him with, they, maybe he's way too far back and he's almost sitting. I might need to feel him, feel, uh, the real versus feel aspect of, I might need to teach him to get out front maybe in order for have him to meet in the middle. Maybe another hitter is really east and west and he's a cross ball. I might have to have him feel north and south in order to create, they're all trying to create the same, the same type of movement where they're leading their conference in doubles or leading the whole organization in doubles, right? So in order for them to feel something, I need to create a different avenue of, um, of where they need to go in order to make the adjustment. Instead of just saying, hey, if this doesn't work, then, then crap, right? I'm creating, I'm, I'm finding much, much more um, different avenues for, for hitters to, to use in order to create the, the best movements in the world that the, that the silver sluggers and the all-star game MVPs are using. So um, short answer, I'm finding much more different ways to show the work in order for them to create the same, the same end result instead of saying, crap, if this doesn't work, then I don't know what we're going to do. I don't think I've ever had that happen before because um, the communication line and the education line being with the hitters is, is definitely really I, – I hold myself accountable to being one of the best at that, but I think it's having different, different ways to – um, create the really good movements to streamline the um, the progress has definitely helped. It's definitely it's definitely uh, it's definitely made the progress and the progressions much more time efficient to where I create much easier solutions because 
um, I'm finding better solutions or better avenues for them to get better at. Awesome. So this next question, I'll start with you first, Coach Hannum, and it's this. It's going to be a tough question, I know, but it's a fun one, and it's what's something in particular that you want to learn more about in the swing? What's something right now that you're trying to study about that you're you're wanting to know more about particular in the swing? Um, I would say I, I need to keep on learning from – from coaches who have more experience than me, especially in the in the um, in the dugout, right? So, I I had uh, a couple of interviews this this uh, this winter, and they're like, without a doubt, we fully understand that you can talk hitting with the with the with talk movements in the hitting and 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 uh, through video and through all this stuff um, with some of the best people in the world, right? We, we we think you're one of the best coaches in the cages with the best people in the world. But at your age, we need to keep on getting you better at experiences in the dugout for hitters to, to uh, for you to understand what they're going through in the game, what their scouting reports need to look like, how they're attacking each pitcher, lefty righty with the slider, with the fastball that looks like it rises, with a darting 12-6 curveball, and just having an understanding of what they see is, uh, is much different at the college game compared to a pro game. And for you to have an understanding of, of what they actually have to see and go through um, will help your will help your pregame um, pregame reports. It'll help your preparation of, of how to talk them a little bit easier for them to, to be fully prepared before the game for different types of pitchers. So building up the experience level of how to get how to get players ready for um, for the in-game situations of when they're not feeling great, when they're when they're feeling really well, um, just having them prepared the best instead of just having them really good for um, good from a uh, mechanical standpoint, having them better, better mentally also uh, being prepared better. And what about you, Coach Sue? What's something in particular that you would like to learn more about in terms of hitting, the swing, or whatever? Yeah, I think uh, what Trey said is invaluable. I mean, experience is invaluable. And, um, you know, as, as both of us have kind of broken into the pro realms, um, I think that's something that is really important to be able to be able to talk to more of these coaches that have, have been in the dugouts. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of guys that are newer into hitting or, or younger or whatever, you know, would be like, Oh, that guy's old school. Like, yeah, he might be old school, but I mean, that guy's been around the game a lot longer than we have. And he's seen a lot more things. So maybe I think I, I can teach the swing better, but from a, a, a holistic hitting standpoint, like you, you'd be stupid not to listen to what somebody has to say about whether it's mechanical or, or mental or, or from a game standpoint. So, so I'm definitely in agreement with Trey there. Um, another thing for me, like, um, I, th- I'm not a big tech guy, but I think I would love to learn more about, um, you know, how, how do these people really apply the tech? Because it's great to have tech. It's great to use tech. Um, tech's expensive. <laughs> um, but how, how do you, how did some of these coaches that use it religiously, like, why do they do that? And what does that equal in terms of what they're, communicating to their players so i mean stuff like um you know i know trey's been using some of the 4d motion stuff i'm really interested in that um next time i i get out with trey i'm gonna make him uh hook me up on that and and learn about that a little bit more and um you know i think kvest stuff's cool um haven't haven't gotten into that much yet um but i mean technology is always going to be evolving and there's always gonna be something new so i think you know from a what can i learn more of that and then another thing um, for me, it would just be like learning more about how the body works and how it's different for each guy. How is, how, why is this guy freer rotationally? Why is this guy, 
you know, why does this guy kick back? Why does this guy, you know, why does this guy's hip bottom up more? I mean, it's, it's something that I, I know about from a mechanical standpoint of like, okay, this is what their swing is doing. And this is maybe what they need to feel in their swing. But why, what in the body is making that happen? And how can I apply that to the way that I'm coaching this hitter with a certain drill or a certain feel? Um, I think that's, those are two things that, well, three things if you include what Trey said, but those are three things that I think, you know, would be invaluable to me. And, um, you know, I think like Trey mentioned, I think I'm, I'm doing a really good job with, with what I'm doing, but I want to get better every day. And I think those are some things that, um, you know, as I continue to get older, like I said, what's in store these next four years for me, uh, I think that's going to be a part of it. And, and I'm excited to, to have those opportunities. So this next question, I'll start with you first, coach Sue. Um, you know, when you're working with a hitter, how do you help them make the approach diff- changes that they need to? Uh, I know Coach Hannon was talking earlier about, you no, know, he's working with a guy or he saw a video on a guy who makes, he's able to make the adjustment pitch by pitch. You know, well, what are some of the ways you guys help hitters make adjustments pitch to pitch at bat by at bat or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think, I think it depends what what aspect you're talking about is it you know am i coaching the iceman in the third base box or am i you know working with a a big league hitter and saying hey you know what do you need to do i think um from from the standpoint of being in third base coach box i think getting guys locked in is like the number one thing especially when you're working with you know 17 year olds 16 year olds i mean they're only so they're only so smart some of them (laughs) uh i love all the guys i coach but um i think just being able to get them focused like if they miss a pitch and you see the eye roll and all the world's over, like snap them back in. So like one thing I'll do with guys is like, I'll just be very, very quick and direct. Be like, let's go, you know, like just get their mind programmed back to like compete mode. So I'm very big on, on having my guys, you know, get locked in ready to compete, ready to go to war, be on time for that fastball and adjust to the off speed. Like no matter what the count is for me, um, I've been saying that since I was, you know, and doing that since I was like a sophomore or junior in college. And it really helped me a ton in my career. Um, and then I heard Trout say it. Um, that's what, that's what he's doing. I heard, I can't remember who else I heard say it. And another, you know, all time great, um, say like, you know, I'm always on time for fastball and I'm, I'm reacting to off speed. And I think mechanically you have to allow yourself to be able to do that. But that's one thing I'm, I'm getting guys to, to do as well. Um, when you talk about, you know, working with, a a guy in in the cage or or over video or zoom or whatever and you're not on the field with them i think that's different and uh i can't let trey speak to that more but i think it's again just you know i have a psychology major so i think being able to to help guys get your mind right like you're not thinking about every internal part of your process like you're you're more external and you're thinking about like all right you know, when you get into the, into the pro ball realm, I mean, there's a lot of information that's coming at these guys. And that's one thing I've learned more talking with some of the guys I'm working with, like they get extensive scouting reports on every dude that comes out. You know, people know that, but like to actually think about it and digest, like, Oh, this guy's in the game. Let's go read exactly what he has and what he challenges on this count. And I mean, it's a different game, so that's different. And, and, you know, Trey's got probably a little more experience than than I do with that being more around, um, you know, minor league baseball and, and what he's done with the Mets. But, um, that's a whole different ball game. And, um, that's something I'm kind of just learning now as I've started to break into that world. Um, so it's a little different than, than what I would do at the third base coach box. But, um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just making sure guys are ready to hit. They're not thinking about too many things. Uh, and they're, they're in compete mode. They're on time for the fastball. So. 
And what about you, Coach Hannon? What are some ways that you help the guys that you train or work with with their approach and to make that adjustment from pitch to pitch? Definitely. I would say it definitely depends on which which hitter I'm talking to. Um, some, like I've, I've trained uh, Jake Mangum, so he's an all-time SEC hits leader. And I, and I talk to him and I talk to other other uh, coaches or um, other players who were, were talking about the adjustments that Jake needs to make. And like, I, I, I talked to Jake, I have, I have such a good relationship with him. He's one of those players where he acts like he's a football player in the batter's box, which I absolutely love. And all he's trying to do is win that one-on-one battle. It's almost like he's doing the Oklahoma drill in football for every single at bat, every single pitch. And I feel like that's what makes him so good. So I'm not going to take that away from him. Best hand-eye coordination and like a top, top 1% of hand-eye coordination in the world and competitiveness, probably 1% in the world also. So I don't want to take that away from him and, and almost give him too much information. So having him understand that we can only think about or talk about so many things um, is, is definitely different from another hitter who I might work with in college who, who uh, is the opposite where he really needs to process all the, all the ideas and all the, all the focuses that we're doing in the cages or doing uh, in, his, in his dorm room where he's, he's focusing on certain movements. All hitters are different. All hitters think differently. All hitters move differently. So it's tough to answer that question, but uh, it just depends on what hitter it is. Um, some of the hitters definitely need to think more external or, or internal. Some just need to think, I just need to blast this through the, through the batter's eye. Um, and preferably, if it was me, um, trying to blast it through the batter's eye is probably the most, uh, is most efficient and time-effective way to have the hitter um, feel win, winning the, the one-on-one battle, but also attacking the ball from inside, letting it fly, and knock the outfield wall over. Awesome. I've enjoyed this podcast episode so much, guys. So much insight, so much perspective, so much information. Any coach who's listening to this, I know that they've not just got one notebook, but they've probably got two notebooks full of notes um, that they can just write down this entire episode. So I'll wrap up the episode with this question. It's a fun one. Um, I'm going to ask it, and then I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time to think on it and by telling my own story. Um, but it's what's the best performance you've ever seen on a ball field firsthand. The most impressive thing I've ever seen, uh, my freshman year of high school, we played the, uh, the state championship game in Missouri, class four. And one of the guys that we played with uh, was about a 6'5 lefty through 90-93 left-handed. And just an absolute phenomenon on the ball field. I remember my first day at practice, actually, he was playing catch and I watched how far he could throw a ball with such little effort. And that's when I told myself I'll probably never be a big leaguer since he's getting recruited and draft or getting scouts at all of his games and he's effortlessly throwing it what seemed like a mile. Um, but in the state championship game, the state quarterfinal game, the game before the state championship, he threw 128 pitches of one hit ball. And then he comes in the next day and throws about three more innings of shutout ball and hit probably the farthest hit ball I've ever seen in a game um, over the fence. And then one hopped over the parking lot into another parking lot. Um, just an absolute moonshot. Um, but so I'll start with you first, Coach Suit. Uh, what's the best performance you've ever seen on a ball field firsthand? Man, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> um I don't know, man. I mean, I've seen some pretty cool things. I mean, um, I remember when I was a junior, no, senior in high school, uh, we were we were playing Logan Shore. Logan's with the the Tigers right now, I think, in Double A AA or Triple A. I think he's he's getting close to the bigs here, but uh, he's a really good pitcher. I mean, he was throwing ninety two, ninety three 
in high school with, with stuff. And I mean, he just mowed everybody down. He was legit. I remember the first time I faced him, I was like, that ball is making noise. Like, it's like, <laughs> right. The first time you see like 92, 93, it's, it opens your eyes to something different. So, I mean, just seeing that was, was cool. And then I remember, uh, my, like I said, my senior year, uh, we have a sophomore that's pitching and it's like a, it's a three, one count, I think. And we had first base open with two outs. It's a tie game. And I'm like, Hey, like first base is open. And I remember this guy's, I mean, he's a pitcher. He went to Florida. He's the SEC or the Florida. And, and I think SEC like all time, he's on the all time list there. I mean, he's an unbelievable pitcher, and, but he could swing it too in high school. And, and so I'm like, Hey, first base is open. And, and, he looks at me like, yeah, whatever. He's a stupid sophomore. And uh, next pitch he throws right down the middle, and, and this dude probably hit it like 450. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, man, this is like a pitcher that's able to do that is crazy. I mean, I've I've seen some pitchers that can do some pretty stupid things with the bat. Um, Trent Palmer's a good buddy of mine. I think the other day he was blasting balls off hit tracks like 107. So I think seeing pitchers that, that rake are, are fun for me. Um, personally... My my best and worst feat uh, in a state tournament one time I I went 0 for four on five pitches with four, four balls to the warning track, um, so that was my my best worst performance um, that I've had. But um, yeah, I mean I haven't seen anything like insane like five home run games or whatever. But um, you know it, it was cool to to see a pitcher go 450 <laughs> on on one of our sophomores after after shutting us down throwing 1993. And what about you, Coach Hanum, as we wrap up this podcast episode? What's the best performance you've ever seen on a ball field? Heck yeah, good story, Ryan. Um, I have one where I, I went to junior college with this with this player. He ended up getting drafted out of junior college. He's a really good player. He was our shortstop. Um, he went six for six one game with six stolen bases. And we're all like, dude, this is – so I, I love watching ball players just be ball players and just play, right? He was a ball player. He had – I think two doubles with like four, four base hits and he just steal bases just because uh, he was on a, just a field on a, on a whole nother level that nobody else could stop him. And I love just watching performances like that. Um, unfortunately, I've, I've never seen a no hitter in person. Um, I've played in a couple games where I hit two or three home runs in a game, but uh, I feel like six hits and six, six stolen bags in one game is just unreal. And I will never forget that performance. Mason McCoy. That wraps it up for the Coaches Roundtable podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you would be interested in being part of an episode yourself, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Coach Crato, K-R-A-T-O. Thank you.